You're listening to audio from First Christian Church. To find out more about us or to donate to our ministries, visit firstabq.org. Hey, wait, 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 wait just a second. There's just Amanda and uh, Sammy Blair. Um, Blair, Sammy, Blair. Anyway, sorry. Um, got some questions for you about VBS. Okay. Oh, nice to, n- nice to meet you. Um, so this is a lot of work which you put on. Thank you so much for doing this. This is absolutely great. And you know, I know a lot of people out there help too. Can anybody who helped just stand up so we can just give you a, a round of applause? Yeah, <laughs> stand them up. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah, a couple of things I noticed that I wanted to ask you two about. Okay. I noticed that when you had the kids, you didn't have the first couple rows of chairs, and you had a great place to set up all the kids down here. Tell us about that. Yes, that was actually, when we were setting up, that was the thing I was so excited about. We got to clear out about half the chairs and make kids space. So instead of being in pews, climbing under, going over, bonking heads, bonking each other's heads, they had their own space, and it was amazing. We created circles on the floor. It was just great. One of the many versatile ways we can use the space now yeah. that we have the chairs. And it was like everyone was camping along with me. It, it was perfect. And, and, here, and I'm the only one hydrated, which is ironic in a desert here, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, the next thing I want to say is how versatile you were as leaders. You know, we got something unusual. What's it called? Uh, when wa- yeah, when water falls from the sky. We don't get it here much, right? And they had all these activities playing outside, and you could really shuffle the deck and get everything inside and do it just as effectively as outside. I was really impressed with that. Or by day three, PD just let them run in the rain. Well, that's, well, that's exactly. I would have done the same thing. So anyway, what a monumental BBS. Awesome. Thank you for Thank everything you. you've done. Thank you for what you did. Thanks, and, and thank What's his Cliff? Cliff Falls. Cliff has had a rough day. Yeah, Cliff's had a rough day. Anyway, thanks a lot. Before you head off, yes. we do have nursery and preschool open, so now's a good time if you want to take your littles. Big kids, you're staying up to help Mr. Todd with the rest of the service. Mm. Bye, okay, everyone. thanks very much. Well, anyway, my name's Todd Zeter. I'm one of the elders here at first, and I um, want to talk to you this morning about something. First, I wanted to say once again thanks to all the leaders. This has been spectacular. Um, happy Father's Day to all the dads. Sometimes we overlook that in the midst of everything else going on, all the other excitement. But it is Father's Day. So, and um, you know, one of the things I think about with VBS, and it is a, it was a monumental VBS. And keep in mind, it was told in the context of the desert and Joseph. More about Joseph. You already heard a lot of the highlights. I'm going to a little bit more into that here in a minute. But one thing I like about VBS is it has something for everyone. You might not realize that. We usually think of VBS as just for the kids, right? They can learn about God. They can learn what they can apply to their lives. They can learn something they don't normally learn, maybe, unless they come to a VBS. Well, what do the rest of us get out of it? The rest of us who aren't kids. And that could be the moms, the dads, the brothers, the sisters, the grandparents, the cousins, the friends. It could be all the people who help, the people who serve food, who showed kids around, who played games, who, gosh, what are all the things they did, who made the crafts, who set all this up. And it can be all of us. Really, what do us big people get out of it? Is VBS only for kids or is there something for us? Well, Matthew 19, 14 says, let the little children come to me. If you remember, the disciples are trying to keep the kids away from Jesus. I mean, he was certainly busy preaching and healing and doing what Jesus did. And he thought he doesn't have time for kids. Well, Jesus had time for kids. And he said, let the little children come to me. And they did. 
You go back a, a chapter in Matthew to 18.3, and Jesus says, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, here's an image I want to show you to help you visualize this. It's on the campus of Notre Dame in Indiana, and it's a statue. It's really three statues. It's Jesus teaching two children. The statue's called Christ the Teacher. And one of the children is standing, and one of the children is sitting. And what you see also is, is a, a glimpse of the bigger area. It's a large area. It's, it's like an arbor. It's all covered in the springtime with plants and stuff. But you'll see the benches there, and there's probably, I don't know, 20 benches surrounding Jesus. Um, when Jesus spoke to the children in words they could understand, I, I couldn't help but imagine the people I just talked about, the parents, the grandparents, the cousins, the aunts and uncles, the brothers and sisters, all sitting around the benches and listening and understanding, maybe for the first time in their life, and saying to each other, you know, I get it. It's not as hard as it sounds. Jesus' message is easy to understand. I just had to hear him explain it to my eight-year-old. I get it now. So that is my challenge today. That is our challenge today. If we are to, for us to approach VBS as if we're all children. Being eight years old seems like a good age. I forgot to ask Amanda the question. I was going to ask what the average age of the kids was. It was about eight. So imagine you're eight years old today. Here's what I want you to do. Don't listen to this message with your grown-up ears connected to your grown-up brain. Listen to this message with your eight-year-old ears connected to your eight-year-old heart. Okay, as Amanda told you, this year at VBS they heard three messages. God loves you no matter what, God is in charge, and God is surprising. So let me ask this room of eight-year-olds, is this hard to understand? Not really. It's pretty basic. Certainly not for an eight-year-old, right? So anyway, let's think about those three simple truths that were taught this week. And remember, you're all eight right now. So think about it in the context of Joseph. You know the story of Joseph. I mean, Amanda kind of ran through it. He was born to a family. He's one of 11 brothers. He, his brothers were jealous. He got this fancy coat. He was sold into slavery. He went to Egypt. He was a slave. Let's see. He got thrown in jail for something he didn't do. He got out again. All kinds of stuff. And then Pharaoh heard and found that he could interpret dreams, and he became eventually the number two guy in the country. But more about that in a minute. But let's go back to see how these three stories... God loves you no matter what, God is in charge, and God is surprising. All flow together. And remember, listen like you're eight. Okay, lesson number one, God loves you no matter what. That's the first thing we learned. You have Harley here, but we also learned it through Joseph with his fancy coat, right? Okay, and really good dental work for the time. But anyway, <laughs> but Joseph's life was interesting to say the least. Okay, think about it. He was one of 12 kids. He had one dad, but there were four moms among all these kids. I mean, I know families get complicated, but boy, howdy, that would be quite the family right there. So there were probably no rivalries between the brothers and sisters, no jealousy. Certainly between the brothers, certainly their dad never showed favoritism. I mean, Jacob was a dad who would never show favoritism, right? Well, not really. He gave his son Joseph this fancy coat that definitely made him stand out. You see all the other rabble of brothers in the background wearing brown. Well, that's what they were up against. So... Think about this dad who favored somebody over the others. Um, you think the brothers were just fine with that? And I was in a side, I'm thinking, there's got to be a good Father's Day message in here somewhere, but we'll leave that for another time. Anyway, well, the brothers were so fine with it, they threw Joseph into a pit. They sold him to a caravan of slave traders for 20 shekels. Uh, you know, look at the exchange rate. That's like big bucks today. And they carted him off to Egypt, and his father was left thinking he had died. 
They brought him his coat of many colors, but when they brought it back to him, this time it had an overabundance of red because the brothers had soaked it in goat's blood and told his dad he'd been killed by wild beasts. So the dad is heartbroken. Joseph goes to Egypt, and the brothers presumably just go on with their lives. So how does your eight-year-old self understand what what, how does your eight-year-old self understand that God is in charge? Even when, like this time, things go wrong. And think about it, when you're eight years old, siblings squabble, uh, toys break, um, kids tattle, parents disagree, fast forward a few years, co-workers disappoint, bosses let you down, spouses fight, jobs are lost, health fails, friends and family move or pass away. Sometimes things just don't work out well for us. But it's a good thing God doesn't withhold his love for us until things do work out. Because God is there in the midst of everything, our doubts, our failings, and our fears. He loves us and he blesses us. Think about it. Kids may feel like they have to earn friendship on the playground or maybe even at home. Hey, we adults aren't so different. We feel like we have to earn friendship sometimes on the sports field or at work or even at home. But God doesn't withhold his love from us just because things aren't working right for us. In the midst of all of this, he's there. This story tells us that every one of us from 8 to 80 and beyond, God loves us, period, regardless of those doubts and those fears. His unfailing love is always there for us. God loves us no matter what. The second thing they learned was God is in charge. Okay, you eight-year-olds watch the news, right? You know the world's a pretty wacky place sometime, right? oh, wait a minute, you're eight. You probably don't watch the news. Good for you. But things still go wrong, right? I mean, even for eight-year-olds, things can go wrong sometimes. Well, regardless of our age or the world around us, God is in charge. God is in charge. There he is talking to to Pharaoh. Think about Joseph. You know, after, I mean, he was thrown, you know, he's taken as a slave. He got thrown in jail. He was accused of something he didn't do. He finally got let out because he could interpret Pharaoh's dreams. That's a pretty neat thing. And if you think about it, not anybody can do that. Anybody could make up stories, but he could actually interpret his dreams. And one of the dreams told of seven years of good harvest followed by seven years of famine. And Pharaoh was so impressed with this, his ability to interpret this dream, that he put Joseph in charge of all the food in the country. Matter of fact, more than that, in effect, he was the number two man in Egypt, as Amanda pointed out. So there he was for seven years during the good times, collecting grain, collecting the harvest, building storehouses, filling them to overflowing. In fact, Genesis says they stored so much grain that it could not be measured. That's not bad for a kid that grew up as a slave and went on to be the number two man in Egypt. So how does your eight-year-old self understand that God is in charge, especially when you're spinning out of control? I mean, what about Joseph? During those 13 years, do you think he thought anybody was in charge, except maybe the jailer? I mean, the, the guy felt, he had to just felt flat abandoned. There he was in jail. Nobody was in charge. Yet, I want you to think about it in this way. Think about perspective. Joseph was here in, in time. If this is the broad sweep of time and eternity, Joseph was here. We're here, right here right now. That's what we see. That's our perspective. If you look at at Joseph's life, he didn't understand that the perspective from beginning to end, that God was in control. And at the end of Joseph's life, he could look back and see he was. That's what I want you to think about. We're here, but God controls everything and has been and is and will be from back here to here, even though we're just in this little slice right here. We might not understand what's going on, and we might not be able to figure things out. But knowing God is in charge gives us the bigger picture, lets us take hope, and lets us 
just live our lives with a degree of confidence we wouldn't have otherwise. So the third thing the kids learned was God is surprising. Okay, surprising here in that the brothers actually reconciled. Think about it. Back in the day, why did they reconcile? Think about it. Back in the day, the Nile River flooded, and it did this every year until the early 1900s, if you can believe it, until it was finally dammed. But every year, the Nile would flood. You get the heavy rains in the mountains in Sudan, and it would flow north up into Egypt, and those floodwaters would go over the banks, and they deposit this fertile soil on the sides of the river. That's where they farmed in Egypt, much like New Mexico. You look at a satellite view in New Mexico, and you see the Rio Grande, and you see some green, and then you see some brown. That's what Egypt was like. When it rained, times were good. When it did not rain, times were bad and things did not grow. Well, the famine that they experienced in those seven years was so bad that it was felt in Canaan. Now, Canaan is where Joseph was from, 200 miles away. And his parent, his dad, was so desperate for food that he sent the 11 brothers to Egypt to beg, to borrow, to buy, to get food any way they could to bring back to Canaan. Well, they did that. And who do you think they came to to make such a purchase? Well, it was Joseph. But look at Joseph. Okay, Joseph was an Egyptian by that time. He was clean-shaven, something that his other brothers didn't do that wasn't in their tradition. He spoke a different language. He spoke with an accent. He probably lost a lot of what he grew up with, and they didn't recognize him at all, but he recognized them. And there was much rejoicing when they, when they reconciled. There was a little bit of drama that led to that, but after that, they reconciled and they were good. And the, perhaps the best thing, there are really two best things I see, because it's Father's Day, he was reconciled with his father Jacob, who he had, Jacob had long given him up for dead. The best part that they were all forgiven, and that they all, they were forgiven to the point that Joseph was given the best land in Goshen, which is where they could come and farm and live the rest of their lives. And Joseph never went back to Canaan. He lived his 110-year life in Egypt. That is indeed surprising. God is surprising. So think about it. God may be surprising, but what surprises us never surprises God. God, God brings us surprises in ways that, okay, when we're eight years old, we think surprises are big things, right? I mean, like, oh, I got a pony for Christmas. Oh, we're going to Disneyland. They're not always big like that. Sometimes surprises are more subtle, like waking up this morning and hearing rain. That was a nice surprise. Think of what surprises an eight-year-old. And think of how that could surprise you. Okay, an eight-year-old might be surprised when he picks up a puppy and he gets licked on the cheek. An ice cream cone on a hot day. A snow day. Isn't that the best surprise of all when you're eight? Until you, until you find out you've got to make it up, you know, in June. But nonetheless, a smile, a kind word from a friend, a, a, a call from somebody you weren't expecting. Those little surprises. See, God expects us to see the big surprises and think, wow, that's God, that's awesome. He really appreciates us recognizing the little surprises, too, and acknowledging him and all those things. And that's really where God is. He's at that level, not this being way beyond, but he's right here with us. And when those surprises happen, those little surprises, that's God. Look for those. That's what your eight-year-old self can understand from this. Well, so there you have it. VBS 2022. Three stories, three truths, and three takeaways. God loves you no matter what. God is in charge. And God is surprising. Stories told so our kids can understand them. Stories that we can understand. So take time to sit at that bench near Jesus and listen as he talks to the children. You can do this, one way to do it is by asking your kids what they got out of this week. You might be surprised. You might be more surprised when you find out that God is talking to you through them. These kids, your kids, they're, they're pretty smart. 
See what they can teach you. And thank you for bringing them, the little children, to Jesus this week through this monumental VBS. And remember, to really, really understand, sometimes you have to listen as if you are eight. Would you join me in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, the, sometimes the simplest answer is the best. You love us no matter what. You're in charge and you're surprising. If we can take those things away, if we can apply those, if we can just have those come into our mind when sometimes things aren't going the way we want them to. Oh, what, what, what power is there in such simple words and simple thoughts? Thank you for BBS. Thank you for the leaders. Thank you for everybody here who just made this possible and brought this story alive to our kids. We know it's nothing to be taken lightly. We know it's an important story, and we are just so thankful that those who brought it, those who brought the ones to listen, and let us all remember to sit on the benches next to you and listen as you talk to our kids and really as you talk to us. We pray this in your name.